When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance Channel. You've probably heard of a dividend snowball before. I made a few videos in the past showcasing some pretty sweet real cases of dividend snowballs. I covered Home Depot, Lowe's, United Healthcare, TRO Price, and the popular monthly dividend REIT Realty Income. But today I want to talk about the ultimate dividend snowball. Not looking at the past, but rather into the future. And to be more specific, I want to see if there are optimal dividend parameters to target that can maximize the benefits of a dividend snowball. I considered various ranges of price appreciation, dividend yield, and dividend growth. These three factors are relatively within your control when you choose stocks to invest in or design a dividend portfolio. And I want to reinforce the term relatively within your control. Because of course you can target a specific dividend yield when you start investing, but maintaining this target dividend yield over time can be challenging. The same goes for dividend growth. You can target stocks that have historically grown their dividends at a specific pace, but there are no guarantees that historical dividend growth rates will continue in the future. For the sake of this example, I will assume that we were able to achieve the desired level of yield, dividend growth, and capital appreciation for a specific period of time. And it's really the time factor that plays the biggest role in the dividend snowball. If we look out further into the future, the results become significantly better and different. To come up with the potential scenarios, I wanted to look at 5 unique starting dividend yields, ranging from 1% to 5%. And naturally, as the dividend yield increases, we can expect to have a smaller annual dividend growth rate and slower share price appreciation. This of course is taken in average terms of how dividend stocks have performed historically. So for the 5% dividend yield portfolio, I will assume a 3% dividend growth rate and a 2.25% rate of capital appreciation for the share price. For the 4% dividend portfolio, I will assume a 6% dividend growth rate and a 4.5% rate of capital appreciation. For the 3% dividend portfolio, I will assume a 9% dividend growth rate and a 6.75% rate of capital appreciation. For the 2% dividend portfolio, I will assume a 12% dividend growth rate and a 9% rate of capital appreciation. And for the 1% dividend portfolio, I will assume a 15% dividend growth rate and an 11.25% rate of capital appreciation. The rate of capital appreciation for each scenario was set to be equal to 75% of the dividend growth rate to normalize the results. This way the parameters for each scenario change by the same relative amount. There are multiple benefits of a dividend snowball. To grow the market value of your invested capital to generate a growing passive income stream, and to one day supplement your regular active income, or at least a portion of it. Each of the five scenarios will have a different path towards these three objectives. So let's take a look at the numbers and see which path is optimal for you based on your timeline. I'll start with a relatively short window of time, five years, and we will move out further five years at a time. All scenarios assume that $6,000 were invested annually into each portfolio. This is the current maximum Roth IRA contribution amount for individuals younger than 50 years old. Using this annual contribution amount and a Roth IRA portfolio, we can eliminate the burden of taxation on the final results. So after 5 years, the 1% dividend portfolio with the fastest dividend growth rate and capital appreciation would have the highest market value. That market value would be about $37,500 without dividend reinvestment and about $38,500 with reinvestment. The margin of difference between the 1% dividend yield portfolio and the remaining higher yield portfolios is not significant. The market value for each higher dividend yield portfolio would be lower by a few hundred dollars as we move up in dividend yield. With the 5% dividend yield portfolio having the smallest market value of about $31,000 without dividend reinvestment, or about $34,500 with dividend reinvestment. 
It's important to notice that dividend reinvestment plays a much more significant role in the higher yielding portfolios. The 5% dividend yield portfolio gains a 10.67% boost in market value from dividend reinvestment, while the 1% dividend yield portfolio only gained a 2.14% boost in market value. In terms of total dividends received, the 5% dividend yield portfolio is a clear winner over this period of time. The portfolio would produce $4,700,000 of dividends without reinvestment and about $5,000 with reinvestment. As we move down in dividend yield, the amount of dividend received falls by about $1,000 with each percentage drop in the dividend yield. Also, the amount of dividends paid in the final year is quite different, with the 5% portfolio producing $1,787 in year 5 versus only $438 generated by the 1% portfolio. Clearly, over a short period of time, such as 5 years, there is not much benefit from seeking a faster dividend growth rate or faster capital appreciation, especially if your objective is to build a high passive income stream. Let's move out to a 10-year period to see if the results change. After 10 years, the highest market value is once again generated by the 1% portfolio, with the final market value being a little over $100,000 and dividend reinvestment accounting for a 5.9% boost to overall market value. The 2% portfolio has a market value about $10,000 lower than the 1% portfolio or about $6,000 less with dividend reinvestment. The benefit of dividend reinvestment almost doubled as we move out from a 1% dividend yield to a 2% dividend yield. The 3% portfolio market value is also about $10,000 lower than 2% portfolio and about $6,000 lower with dividend reinvestment. This pattern continues as we move up the dividend yield ladder, with the 5% portfolio having a market value of about $66,500 without dividend reinvestment and about $84,500 with dividend reinvestment. So after 10 years, you'd have about $20,000 to $40,000 more in market value with the 1% dividend yield portfolio versus a 5% dividend yield portfolio, depending on whether or not you opted to reinvest dividends. The largest benefit from dividend reinvestment is still achieved by the 5% portfolio, with a 27.39% boost to market value. The level of dividend income appears to be distributed very similarly to the 5-year investment period. The 5% portfolio would have generated about $18,500 in dividends without reinvestment, and about $21,700 with reinvestment. As we move down the dividend yield ladder, the total dividends produced declined by about $2,000 without dividend reinvestment, and about $3,000 with reinvestment. Total dividends received in the final year, year 10, are also quite different. The 1% portfolio would generate $1,449 in dividends in year 10, while the 5% portfolio would generate $4,520. So the dividend income is a little bit more than three times larger between the 5% portfolio and the 1% portfolio. But if we take a look at the 4% portfolio, the total dividends paid in year 10 are $4,107, which is not that much lower than the 5% portfolio. In fact, in the 5-year time period, the difference between the dividends received in year 5 between the 4 and 5% portfolios was about 18%. In year 10, however, this gap declines to just about 10%. So what we can tell from this is that faster dividend growth is bridging some of the gap created in the amount of dividends paid in the final year of our time period. But the benefit of dividend reinvestment is still significantly higher for higher yielding portfolios. If you have a 10-year timeline and your objective is to maximize your dividend income, it still makes sense to target a higher dividend yield. Let's move out to 15 years now and see what happens. After 15 years, the gap in market value increases, with the 1% portfolio exceeding $200,000, both with and without dividend reinvestment, while the 5% portfolio would have a market value of about $105,000 without dividend reinvestment, or $157,000 with reinvestment. Looking at the total amount of dividends received, our two highest dividend yield portfolios are beginning to converge. The 5% portfolio would generate about $43,000 in dividends without dividend reinvestment, and about $56,000 with reinvestment. The 4% portfolio would generate about $41,000 in dividends without dividend reinvestment, and about $52,000 with reinvestment. The gap is still wide between the 3 and 4% portfolio, with about $4,000 to $8,000 less in dividends depending on dividend reinvestment. 
The gap between the 2 and 3% portfolios is even larger, at about 7 to 10,000. And the gap between the 1 and 2% portfolios is about 11 to 14,000. So even after 15 years, small dividend yields, even with very fast dividend growth, cannot catch up to higher dividend yield investments. Looking at the amount of dividends generated near 15 does shed light on a few patterns that are continuing to develop. The gap between the 1 and 5% portfolios has shrunk from more than 3 times larger to about 2.3 times larger. This means the 1% portfolio is catching up to the 5% portfolio, but it is taking a very long time. The gap between the 4% and 5% portfolios, however, is now very small, at just a little more than 1%. If you have a 15-year period to invest, a high dividend yield is still the optimal path to maximize dividend income. But the margin between the 4% and 5% portfolio is not significant, and could lead to about 12% more capital with a slightly lower dividend yield. Let's move out to 20 years now and see how these scenarios change. The market value is once again the highest for the lowest dividend yield portfolio, and this pattern will continue for a very long time, since faster capital appreciation is the main driver here. After 20 years, the difference in market value between the 1% and 5% portfolios is about 77%. So it hasn't quite doubled yet, but the lower yielding portfolio would grow about 3 quarters higher in total value with dividend reinvestment. In terms of total dividends received, the 4% portfolio surpasses the 5% portfolio, when dividends are not reinvested, by about $2,000. With dividend reinvestment, the 5% portfolio remains the best, with about $1,500,000 of additional dividend income over the 4% portfolio. Looking at the amount of dividends received in the final year, year 20, something interesting happens here. The 4% portfolio is the best, with $16,468 paid in year 20. But the 3% portfolio has also surpassed the 5% portfolio, with $16,314 paid in year 20. The 5% portfolio would produce only $15,232, so the gap isn't even that close anymore. In fact, the 3% portfolio has not only surpassed the 5% portfolio, it is also very close to catching up with the 4% portfolio. The 2% portfolio has also experienced significant growth, with $14,022 in dividends paid in year 20. The gap between the 2% and 5% portfolios, in terms of dividends paid, in the final year, has decreased significantly between 15 and 20 years, from about 39% to about 8.5%. This tells me that if I have a 20-year time horizon, perhaps the highest dividend yield isn't the optimal path to take. The 3 and 4% portfolios would generate better dividend streams after 20 years, driven by faster dividend growth rates, and the higher capital appreciation would lead to about 18-30% to higher market value over the 5% portfolio. The 1% portfolio would generate the highest market value, hitting about $470,000 with dividend reinvestment, compared to just $264,000 for the 5% portfolio. But in terms of total dividends received, and dividends paid in the final year, it is still lagging significantly, producing just nearly half the dividend income in year 20 compared to the 4% portfolio. Jumping ahead to 25 years, the same patterns continue to develop. Market value is still the strongest for the lower yielding portfolios with faster capital appreciation. The level of dividends generated move closer to the middle, with the 3 and 4% portfolios producing the most dividends. Dividends produced in the final year are now led by the 3% portfolio that has surpassed the 4% portfolio. And the 2% portfolio has now moved ahead of the 5% portfolio, and generates about $5,000 in additional dividends in year 25. So if your time horizon is 25 years, targeting a dividend yield closer to 3% may be the optimal path to take. Jumping another 5 years out to a 30-year time period, the 1-3% portfolios have now grown to over $1 million with dividend reinvestment. The 4% portfolio is close at $918,000, with the 5% portfolio left in the dust with a market value of $670,000. Without dividend reinvestment, the 5% portfolio now has generated the smallest amount of dividends. With dividend reinvestment, it is still ahead of the 1% portfolio, but fails to beat the 2, 3, and 4% portfolios. The optimal dividend income path now slides somewhere in between the 2 and 3% portfolio. 
Something else to note here is that each time we move out another 5 years into the future, the dividend income for the final year has just about doubled. The 3% portfolio paid about $33,000 in dividends in year 25, and in year 30 it paid about $66,000. So by just extending your timeline, an additional 5 years can lead to a drastic improvement in final results. Jumping another 5 years out to a 35 year timeline now. The 1% portfolio market value nearly doubles from 1.7 million to 3.4 million with dividend reinvestment. In fact, the 2 and 3% portfolios would now both have market values above $2 million, with the 4 and 5% portfolios surpassing $1 million. The 3% portfolio would still have generated the most dividend income with reinvestment, now surpassing a million dollars of dividends. The 2% portfolio would generate the most dividends in year 35, just north of $145,000 of tax-free dividend income. Another interesting thing that happens after year 35 is that the dividends produced in year 35 for the 1% portfolio are higher than the 5% portfolio and the 4% portfolio. So after 35 years, high dividend growth has finally paid off, although sustaining high dividend growth for 35 years is not an easy feat to achieve. And just in case there are any 20-year-olds out there, let's look at a 40-year time horizon. After 40 years, the 1% portfolio market value doubles again to about 6.8 million. The 2% portfolio would be worth about 5.7 million. The 3% portfolio would be worth about 4.1 million. The 4% portfolio would be worth about 2.7 million. And the 5% portfolio would be worth about 1.6 million. Quite a large difference between the 5% and 1% portfolios. With dividend reinvestment, all five scenarios would now have generated more than $1 million in dividends over this 40 year period. The 2 and 3% portfolios would both even surpass $2 million in generated dividend income. The 2% portfolio is the clear winner in terms of dividends producing the highest dividend income with or without dividend reinvestment, and also generating the highest dividend income in year 40 of $328,000, which is significantly higher than the 3% portfolio that would generate $279,000, and the 1% portfolio that would generate $249,000. The 4% portfolio would generate $188,000, and the 5% portfolio would generate only $108,000. So perhaps if you are looking at a very long time horizon, chasing yield is not the optimal path to take. Over such a long period of time, targeting a 1-3% dividend yield with high dividend growth can lead to significantly better results. Each of these examples was conducted under fixed conditions, and it would be virtually impossible to follow such a strategy. Your dividend snowball journey will likely move between different ranges of dividend yield and dividend growth, but I want to wish you the best of luck on your journey. And remember, patience and consistency are the keys to success with dividend investing. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a like, and subscribe to the channel for more content. Thank you for watching, and see you next time.